Guys, you know it's been eight weeks since we've been preaching on miracles, and this is our final week. Uh, Randall, can you put that picture up that showed that team that went to um, Honduras? Isn't that amazing? Now, we're going to talk about today a miracle that, if you look at the picture here, I think there's maybe, that's Pastor Dan, Pastor Ron Lewis. The rest of these guys are just folks. Ordinary folks empowered with an extraordinary God to do extraordinary things. Another thing I wanted to point out to the picture here, you see the uh, diversity here? Uh, as my uh, coach used to say, that's how we roll here at Grace Point Church. Um, I saw not to say anything about this, but everyone keeps asking me, what am I going to say about what happened in the news uh, few weeks ago. And my stance on this, first you see it pictorially, but my stance on this is there's no such thing as verse, race in the Bible. A biblical mindset is ethnic groups. Race and racism came when man fell. As a men and women of the Bible, we look at things in a biblical sense that has different ethnic groups, but it has nothing to do with the color of our skin. Is it the hardest way to build? Yes. When things like this happen in the news, does pressure come? Yes. But I think it shows people where they really are. It tests their soul to see what they really believe. And we'll talk about this in the spring when I talk about ethnic diversity because it needs to be talked about. But I want to let you know, I don't see race in the Bible. It says ethnic groups. It has nothing to do with the color of our skin. And anybody who even comes against anybody, we deal with it. doesn't matter if you do it on Facebook. doesn't matter if you do it publicly. But that's something that we know that God's building something special here that we're not going to let no one destroy it. So that's my commercial on everything that's going on around the world. But I want to segue into this because when we talk about miracles, we're going to talk about this today. God wants to do something magnificent in the earth. And he's already doing it. What he lacks sometimes is the change agents to work through. The plan for God to change and reform America and the nations is through his people. There is no other plan. He's not, you can, we can pray hard, but he is sovereign. But that doesn't take away our responsibility to go and make disciples. When we make disciples of all nations, there won't be a thing called racism. When we make disciples of all nations, hate won't be around anymore because it's all about love. Because if we're talking about we're ministers of reconciliation, we never view anybody any longer by the flesh. We only deal with them through the spirit. So if there's a problem with people's lives, it ain't about the flesh. It's about the spirit that's in them. If it isn't the spirit of God in them, it's the spirit of the devil in them. So when we talk about change agents, ordinary people like us, ordinary Joes like me, I have a title, but I'm still a disciple. And I have to make disciples. And the only plan that God has to change and transform a nation, a city, a campus, an Air Force base, 
is what you say, go and make disciples in the holy earth, teaching them how to live by my word. So nothing else is going to change. Every secular thing trying to do it, it's not going to work. Only the power of God working through each and every one of us is going to change our city, our state, our nation, and the world. And when we talk about being empowered by God, the Holy Spirit, we're going to watch a bunch of what we call ordinary Joes do extraordinary things because they have an extraordinary God that lives in each inside of them. And these things that are happening today is for our churches, is for us as Christians' benefit, for us to shine like lights in a perverse generation. You want to shine? It's not hard to shine. So when we talk about miracles and we look at the book of Acts, don't disconnect it because the book's open-ended. We're still writing it. So we're seeing Honduras. We're starting to see Africa one for Jesus. So to see able to plant churches and Jesus is going all over the world. And people are going all over the world and how easy it is now to share the gospel because they tried everything else and it's not working. Only the gospel is the one that can transform, diagnose what's really wrong and give the proper solution. When you mix diagnose the, the problem, you're going to have a misdiagnosed solution. So let's go to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4. Get your Bibles out because you need your Bibles today. I got 26 scriptures you got to go through today. And this is Acts chapter 4. If you know about the book of Acts, we hear about when it starts in Acts chapter 1, Jesus is going up. He empowers the disciples. The guys who couldn't get it, they finally got it because the Holy Spirit was in them. Peter stands up in Acts chapter 2, gives a sermon, a prophecy um, from uh, the book of Joel, gives a sermon. 3,000 people get saved. Then we went to Acts chapter 3, which we covered earlier in our series, and they went in and they healed a guy at the temple. And next thing you know, they're speaking and they're talking, and uh, the guy gets healed, and all of a sudden, um, after they do it, they get arrested. And then all of a sudden, 5,000 more people get born again because of the word. Not because of them, because of the word. And when we get to chapter 4, they got arrested. And they told them, you better not speak about Jesus any longer. And they said, well, it's kind of hard not to talk about what we've seen and what we have heard. That's amazing. We see some stuff and we heard of some stuff. Now we're going to present what we've seen and heard. Now, I can't stop when you're excited and you have the gospel in you. Can you shut up when you have good news? Right? So we have the good news of Jesus Christ and we can't shut up. We're not supposed to. We're supposed to share and overflow with that. So in Acts chapter 4, the guys are coming back with some news. We got arrested and they put us in jail and now they released us. And they told us, don't say anything about Jesus. And look at the people's response. And this is what we call the first persecution because whenever there's a bot, well, the gospel's going out, persecution's going to come. And this is what happened. He says, when they are released, they went to their friends. Is it possible to have friends in church? Isn't it good to have, no? Y'all saying no? Y'all met the wrong people. It's good to have friends. God says you're supposed to have good friends in church. And they reported what the chief priests and the elders said to them. 
And when they heard it, they lifted up their voices together, together, friends together, to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain and the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed? And then what they're doing here, there's a problem. There's trouble. So they trouble the trouble by celebrating and have a song in the word. And what they're quoting here is Psalm chapter 2. Whenever you're in trouble or you feel trouble coming upon you, pick up your Bible and trouble your trouble with the word. Think about it. Don't try to use your good sense. It'll wear you out. Get the word on it. Get the word involved in it. Let's go to um, Psalm chapter 2. Let me show you. This is cool stuff. Again, you got to read the Bible like a comic book. This is why God responds. This is David speaking about when kings used to take over, everyone would submit to that king. But this is a prophecy. This is a royal psalm talking about when Jesus comes. Here's what's going to happen. And it's going to connect some dots to what's happening today. Okay? Psalm Psalm 2, verse 1. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? Why are they trying to change the state of marriage? Why are they trying to say, if I speak about it, I'm a hate, it's a hate crime? Just trying to connect today. And the rulers take counsel again, together against the Lord and against his anointed. His anointed means the Messiah, the Christ. See, you got to know the Old Testament is Christ concealed, and the New Testament is Christ revealed. But it's timeless because right now, do you feel the nations raging against because you're a Christian? Well, it's already ordained. David saw it over 7,000 years ago. Saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heaven, who's sitting in heaven? Laughs, and the Lord holds them in derision. The word laugh means God is sitting in heaven (laughs) mocking. Derision said, right. You're going to stop because the word Lord there in the Hebrew means Adonai, sovereign. You're going to, you guys are going to stop. In fact, I'm so up here. You guys are going to stop me by what? Taking my name off the dollar bill and stopping prayer. You're going to stop me that way? Those are documents. I've written my law in everyone's hearts. How are you going to take the heart? He's laughing at him. I remember I was a good friend of mine, um, Chip Townsend, does t- uh, t- um, Team Chip Taekwondo. And he trains the students to a marvelous state, not to be aggressive, to, but be confident. Because whenever some fight happens in school, someone messes with them, they would do this. And I said, why do y'all do that? <laughs> Because he can't, why would I embarrass him in front of everybody? In two moves, I can put him down. Why would I do that? I already know the move. If he comes at me with his left hand, I already know what I'm going to do to him before it ever happens. So he's, you know, they laugh and mock. You ever see those cats? They just laugh. 
You're going to call me names? That's fine. Whatever. But you can't stop this. Guys, the God we serve, <laughs> the things you're hearing right now going around us, defense against marriage, same-sex marriage, all those things, taking the laws and trying, whatever's wrong is supposed to be right. You can't stop God. He's like, <laughs> just waiting for my people, the agents, to make change. Not to pick it. Why we have to pick it? All we got to do is make disciples. If I change a family, who will change a family? Who will change a family? Change a family will change a city. As, as uh, Tony Evans says, a messed up man in a, in a messes up a city, who messes up a state. Who, so you got to get the man, a godly man, makes a godly city, makes a godly state. So what do you do? You change families, one family at a time. Our children back there will change, the, have the banner of Christ, and will bring change. Homegrown. And God's like, you got anything else better than that? I am sovereign. Anna and I, I'm sovereign. I already know what's going to happen when you walk out the door today. That messes you up, don't it? You act like, God, you know what happened? You're like, I don't know. He don't say that. Like, I don't know that that was going to happen to you. Now, sometime when we preach on the sovereignty of God, we remove the responsibility of man. And that doesn't take away our responsibility because God wants to transform or reform a city. But he has to revive the church before he reforms a city. We are the agents that everyone is waiting for. We're the cavalry that everyone's trying to vote about. Everyone's praying for. The people we have in power right now is what we all voted for, so now we have it, so stop complaining. Because we put our trust in that which we'll lose. We didn't put our, sovereign, our trust in the sovereign God. And these are the folks, they're coming against us. And look at their response. They start singing. Because psalms are songs and prayers. How many of the old grandmothers, every time something happened, they sing a song? Then they, you're like, girl, you know, everything. Yeah, they just start singing. What happens to their soul? They have confidence in who they're singing about. The Lord. Same thing that anything's chasing you or seem like it's chasing you down. Get with the Lord. Get in the Psalms. David wrote this years ago. And he knew. God showed him what we're up against today. This is nothing new. Guys, this is nothing new. This is our greatest hour. And that's what they saw. First persecution. They already knew. You can't stop God in this. Let's look at the rest of the scripture. Some, you know, guys, don't look at life the way you look at TV. You think there's a big fight between good and evil? Like evil's so big, like Darth Vader and, and my man. The only thing I probably like about it, when he was up on the high end, he said, don't come up here. I got the high ground. He came up. Know why? That's the only thing I saw biblical on that because we are the high ground. Don't come up here. I'll cut you up with this Bible. And you'll say, I hate you. Now you better hate God because I'm just doing what he told me to do. But there's no, like, there's no big struggle like God's going to lose any minute. He already won. 
Jesus punched through, opened the door for each and every one of us to do great things. Let's keep reading. Remember, sovereign, laughs, the mocker. Verse 27, for truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. Remember the anointed one, the Christ. He's anointed one, the Messiah. God anointed him. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan have predestined to take place. Oh, wow. You're kidding me. You mean this, took, this was supposed to take Jesus by surprise? You mean they killed him? No, he laid his life down by the plan of his father. Remember we talked about last week about how Isaac was almost crucified and was killed, almost killed, but his dad, they stayed his hand, Abraham. Think about that. God planned his own son to die. And you know, if you read the Gospels, he had to help them out because they weren't smart enough to kill him because they couldn't find any witnesses against him. And they said, answer the question, are you the Christ? Yeah, to get this over with, because it says three days I'm supposed to rise up. Yes. Okay, now we got him. You know, I love, I, there's one thing I do. If y'all don't understand wrestling, WWE, it's real. <laughs> and it's my man. <laughs> my man. One guy I like because it's good. John Cena. Yeah, right? Y'all, see, y'all have to listen to it too. Y'all act like y'all don't. <laughs> I'm holy. I don't watch. Yes, you do. Nothing else on Monday night to watch. And he said, you can't see me. <laughs> right? Yeah, they, come on. Y'all can't see me. Now, think about it. They didn't see Jesus. They saw a man they were going to kill and take over. They didn't see God and man who's going to raise back up. So they didn't see him. They saw the flesh, but they didn't see the God-man that rose up. See, if they would have known that, it says in 1 Corinthians, they wouldn't have killed the Lord of glory. Now it's going to be worse if I die for me, for them. And he rose back up. They saw a man. God showed him God incarnate here on earth. See, God's got this all worked out. But that doesn't negate our responsibility. Let's keep reading. To do over your hand, plan, predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. And while, while you stretch out your hand, now God's doing all the work, stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders to perform through your name, your holy servant, Jesus. And while, okay, and when they prayed in one place, they were gathered together and were shaken and all filled with the who? Who? And they continued to speak the word of God with boldness which boldness means courage, confident courage to stand there. Now listen, trouble came. What are you going to do? First we're going to sing a song, then we're going to pray. We're going to praise God for our security, and we're going to pray for power so we can keep going. He said, now go look. But they didn't say go kill. They said go look. Now grant us enablement to turn this thing around. 
Not, God, did you see what they did to me? Yeah, I know. Turn it around through my power. Look at that. What a prayer. They call it the apostolic prayer. You hear this? But a lot. These are normal. Let me get now. Normal people coming together to pray, to receive divine enablement. How much does the church need that today? To do what God has called us to do. Because we cannot, we cannot get away from the responsibility of making disciples. We can try to hide from it. We can go to another state from it. But if you're a disciple, if you're a true disciple, you cannot shake that job description. So those things will happen because it's not about what's happening around you. It's about who's in you. And they pray for boldness. They pray for power. I love what Ian Bounds says. Why is he in the day of trouble who knows his true source of strength and fails not to pray? So he couldn't go to anybody else and, hey, I need some, tr- I need some help. They needed the only one. Our true source of strength, everybody. True source. Not a fake source. Source. True source of, of strength only comes from the Lord. Because when you pray and when you praise and when you get with God, something inside you just lifts up that doesn't wear out. It won't be a relationship. It won't be more money. It won't be anything because those are temporary things in nature. They'll keep you happy until the tax man comes December 31st. They prayed a prayer of thanksgiving and prayed for the sovereign power of God. Because they knew God, I put this on, wrote this down yesterday, you got it. Now, you're going to use me in this area, but God, how many of y'all know that God got it? Write down right now what you're going through. Just write something down real quick, and then put down God got it. Because that will increase your faith. He's sovereign. I love Hebrews chapter 2 when it says, the exact image of God, Jesus, who holds the universe together. By his word. Now, if he can hold the universe by his word, surely he can handle my little, and I'm not making jokes about it, my little issue. The universe is held by his hand. When you write down, God's got it. Now, write this down. God enabled me. God, enable me. God, you got it. Now enable me to walk through it. There's your prayer. Well, we spend time, not everybody. We spend too much time asking God for escape when he wants us to be enabled. God, and we won't move until we think we escaped it. But he says, my son and my daughter, I'm going to enable you to it, through it. Is it going to be easy? 
No. Are you going to be better for it? Yes. When we pray to God, sometimes he'll come down and change it. But 90% of the time, guys, he changes us to go through it. Because if you believe he got it, now you're asking him, enable me through it. Because it's not about it. It's about who inside of you. The same Jesus, that ra- the same God that raised Jesus from the dead, the power that is in who? But to activate that power takes prayer and time with God. We're learning as, as I get older, I can't do internet reading because I'm all over the place. So the one guy says, man, get your old books out. Climbing those books. Climbing your Bible. Because we need faith to change the city. And I can read all the different quick, this happened and when we did it in this city, but God, what are you saying about Abilene, Texas? Show me in your word that this, this piece of land you've given us, show me in your word what to do. I know you got it. Now, Lord, enable us to seize it through the hard times, through the religious, through those, whatever. God, enable us to touch our campus. Enable us to touch dais. Enable us to touch our corporations that are coming in. Enable us to change the culture of this city. Because we know you got it because you're sovereign. That's why you placed this church here. It didn't just happen. God sovereignly put it here. And he, when he said it's done, it's done. But he'll never say it's done because his work never ends. Now, this building will fall apart, but the, the purpose and the plans of God never fall apart. His word never fails. And this is what they did when they prayed. They declared who he was. They said, creator of all things and the ruler of all things. Creator of all things. Think about that. And he rules all things. So what they were doing, they were elevating God to his proper position. And the result was God came down and visited them, gave them a visit. They asked for power. God sent himself. Because the Holy Spirit is God. Remember that. That will mess you up. God lives in you right now. You're asking, God, come. Hey, I'm here. He's not down the street. He lives in each and every one of us. Now, this body is going to get old, going to break down. But that spirit, y'all wait till you see me with my eye in heaven. They're going to say, Pastor Rich, what happened? Hey, my body ain't going to decay no more. It's the spirit of God. What do you think? God thoughts. You got to fly higher than the stuff. It's an old story. Should have time to feed. Yeah, I got time to read it. It's a guy flying a plane. Two guys in a plane heard this rambling. Said, "What is that?" Copilot gets up, goes in the back. Says, Man, there's rats in the control area. They're in the ailerons or in the, in the flaps. They're eating through the flaps. I mean, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? He says, uh, I don't know yet. Takes the plane, puts it 
in a vertical stance. He's climbing. What are you doing? Climbing. They're going to fall off. We got no control. I'm going to keep climbing. As he's climbing, the chatter and the noise got less and less. What happened was, the higher he got, the rats couldn't stand. They couldn't breathe. They died. When we're walking by faith, and I, I deal with this on oxygen mask, when I'm above 18,000 feet, I need demand air to be pushing into my lungs. When you're walking by faith, you need God's air pushing into your lungs, and you're going to go higher than the rats. Because if you go higher in faith, the rats can't touch you. They can't mess with you. Your past is a rat. Your forward's a rat. Everyone that tells you can't do it is never going to happen. You've got to go higher than those rats. And that's what enablement says. I'm going higher than these conversations they're having. In a city, we're going to go with this major, major murder. We're going to go and change that nation. And they're going to, oh, it's not going to work. I don't hear the rats. I'm flying on God's air. Demand air. You know where you get your demand air? In this Bible. And you have other friends, co-pilots, who are running with you. Because you can't do it by yourself. We never fly alone. It's always a two-man concept or a, a, a formation. Because we need one another. God designed it that way. That's why he said friends. Had friends. That's friends. And I can imagine maybe there's what, two or 3,000 there or less. Someone had to say, it's not going to work. Put them out the door. Whenever Jesus dealt with somebody and have enough faith, you stay outside. I need to go. We don't need to hear that. Think about it. We're called to fly higher than the world's standards society standards, guys. We are. We're not called to get consumed by them. We're not called to be, to react off them. We're here to springboard over them and replace them. Two things. The process of empowerment. Now, the word empowerment means to invest with authority, to authorize, to enable, or permit. Process of empowerment. Number one. I wrote this down. Humility. Humility. When you look at verse 24, the Lord in the Greek translates into despo, which means master. And what they were doing, guys, they were putting themselves in the position as slaves and say, God, you're a ruler and you're a master, and we can't do nothing apart from you. That's John 15, 5. I'm the vine, you are the branches, whatever abide in me, Whoever binds in me, and I in him, he he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, we can do what? Nothing. They realize that. They realize that. The process of humility. That God, you know it all, and God, I can't even do anything apart from you. And guys, that is one of the hardest things to walk in. Because we, if you, the more talented you are, the more anointed you think you are, the more you think you don't need God. But God will send people your way to make sure you stay humble. I learned this a lot when I played sports. 
And I thought I was the guy. Thought. Ran a team for about three years. I can only get him to a certain point. Another guy came in, and I fought against it. And, I, and we had a meeting. He says, man, you have got to let me take this team. And here's the other thing. I can't start you any longer. I said, yeah, I got to trust you because you got the trophies anyway. Go for it. I released the team. Guess what? We won a championship. When we got, everyone was cheering because they won the championship. We were cheering because our relationship got stronger. Same thing here, humility. You'll know when you get on an airplane to fly, you're either going to trust the pilot or you're going to do it yourself. Humility. It's one of the biggest things. If you don't think you have, you think you have humility, it means you just lost it. I'm telling you, it's not about your gifts. It's not about what you think you know. It's about who you know, and that's God. And they saw that. These were the people. Gave their life to Jesus. Father, and the best, the highest place is to be at his feet. Show us what to do. We know it's that you're the one. That's why they went to him first. Don't make God the third option. And don't think you know it all. Because he'll mess you up. One thing we learn as, as believers and as, as ministers, God, Jesus said, I'll build my church. You just make disciples. Sometimes we get caught up. Oh, I'm supposed to do all this work. Make disciples. No, 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 no. Holy Spirit's going to empower you to make disciples. That stick. We always got to remember that. Who's building this thing? God. So who do you go to? The builder of the house, it says in Hebrews. He builds all the house, and what he builds stays forever. Second thing is, <laughs> they did this. They ask, seek, and knock. Now, sometimes when we talk about this, it's a persistence, persistence, persistence with prayer. and People get confused. What it's saying is keep in constant communion with God. Ask and keep on asking. Pray, and, I, mean, uh, keep, I mean, knock and keep on knocking. Why? Because it isn't about what you learn. It's about being with him. We use it as persistent. Now, if you're high, yeah, it's persistent, persistent. Really, it's about being with him every day. Luke chapter 11 tells you this. Verses 9 to 13. And I tell you, Ask, and it'll be what? Seek, and you'll what? Knock, and it'll be what? For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks will be open. He said it twice. What the father among you, what father among you, if a son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or ask for an egg, will give him a, a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? A lot of times we use it talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but we need to do this every single day. God, fill me by your Spirit. I get up this morning, God, fill me this morning by, before I get to work. Fill me by your Spirit. It says be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Continually, continually. Don't take a day off. You'll notice when you take a day off because nothing really changes except your attitude every day. Think about it. 
And one thing you know when you go to the Father, write this down. I know for some of y'all, because God is always, you think, okay, king, king, king. Prayer is based on sonship, not friendship. It says, our Father. Our Father. That means you're a son and you're a daughter. Why would I cheat you, my son or my daughter? Why would I give you a fish when you ask for something else? Now, he'll give you in his time in the way he wants to do it. Remember I said last week, you got to keep your ears open to, receive, to know exactly how he's going to do it. I love that. Now, here's something. When you look at Psalms 2, it talks about the final thing, Jesus coming back and ruling the earth, which he is going to do. Psalms 2.8, because we here in Grace Point Church, He's saying, Pastor, what are we asking for? When I talk about devotion, diversity, and discipleship, our values, talking about reaching people, building community, how am I asking for that? That's why I ask God. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage, and of your earth your possession. That's a promise. He's saying, you don't say anything about a city. I figure if I reach, if I aim for heaven, I'll hit the earth. If I aim high, I'll receive everything in that. This is what we're asking. Now, this is my prayer. This is all my, my scripture that I've been, for, since I've been here, since 99. This ask. This church has nations in it. It's a heritage. This place, our uh, possession. Abilene should be the whole church, not just Grace Point Church. All the churches in Abilene should have possession of what's going on here. All that. Now, am I asking for income and all? No. He already knows what I need. It says that in the Bible. He knows what you need, but I want, this is what I want. This is what I need, too, for him to be made famous. Ask, because I'm going to give you something. I told you this earlier. Whatever God starts, it's going to finish. God's purpose is, ever, is not changing. He wants three things for him to come and show up here in Abilene, Texas, among his people. People with purpose, people with a plan, and the third one is a people. Purpose, plan, and a people who believe. How many of believe it's God's will to win Abilene to Jesus? How many really believe that? How many believe ACU should be one to Christ? Truly ones. How many believe Hart and Simmons ought to be one to Christ? McMurray, Cisco, Dyer said, how many believe that? Exactly. So whatever God is orchestrating right now, he's orchestrating stuff we do not see. Well, we're the agents that he's waiting for to step up into it. Think about that. Here's a scripture I like. Josh, come up. Acts chapter 5, 38 to 39. This is, again, they get arrested again, the disciples. Chapter 4, they got arrested. Chapter 5, they got arrested again. And the guys are like, what are we going to do with these guys? One wise guy out of all of them. You always find one, which was great. He had wisdom. He said, so in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. 
For is this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will what? But if it's of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. Oh, man. You might even be found opposing God. So they took this advice. They beat them and let them go. When they beat them, they went back to the people again, and they praised God for getting beaten because Jesus got beaten. If it's what we're trying to do here, the origin of man, it's going to fail. But if God, if you believe that God's purpose for this, this city, God's purpose for your marriage, God's purpose for your kids, if it's God's purpose for them to do great things for Christ, who's going to stop it? Who can stop it? Because it will fail if I'm trying to create it, but it will never fail with Christ if God's doing it. That's amazing. It's amazing. Whatever it takes time, the time to do it, remember you wrote in your paper, he's got it. Whatever you're thinking, he's got it. This is our heart. To reach people, build community. Is it going to be tough? Yeah. Is it going to be, is it not easy? No. It's not supposed to be. Do we need God? Yes. In every possible area. But you got to see it. And as I'm, we're walking through it, this fall, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to walk through some things. This spring, that's why we preach this message, this whole series. Not to go out and show up, just show up. To go out and show off God to touch the schools, to do all these things. Is it going to be tough? Yeah. Are we going to hear the rats? Yes. Are we going to fly higher than that? Yes. You think all the things going to break out in your house? Yes, it will. Things will fall apart, but you already know you're just going to be enabled because whatever your purpose is, there's going to be some persecution one way or the other. But that's great because God called us to do it, and they can't stop. That's why his church can't stop. That's why it doesn't matter who's leading it. Because the purpose God put this place here for a reason. Do great things. It's got to be in your heart. That makes you get up every morning with a mission. I don't care where you work. Don't complain about where you are. Just change it. The the minute you change it, they'll move you to somewhere else, which is harder. Because God has a sense of humor. Took their advice. Do I have a praise team here? Do I have a praise team here? Where's the praise team? Come on. We got enough musicians? Come on. I know. I'm throwing you a fastball. How many want to worship? I want to worship. Come on, stand up. And some of you took communion this morning. If you didn't, go take communion. Revive your relationship with Jesus. Purpose, a plan, and you are the people of God who calls us to do great things. Don't let anything that's in your way stop you. Just pray, God, enable me to jump over it. Or, in fact, let me just knock it down. I love my wife. When my son was born, they said this. They said, who do you want? Because I know it's a miracle from God. Who do you want us to save? I said, what? 
both of them. She's bleeding out. He can't breathe. I don't know God that well, but God had a plan. They tell her the next day, we got to get you up. We got to bathe you, and you might not see your child. Shouldn't have told that to a brown. Brown got up with the pole, showered, and walked down. I'm going to see my baby. I'm going to go through it. I'm enabled through it. Don't matter what you say. I know what God says. I've been waiting for this baby for a long time. He said he's going to be awesome. He's going to do amazing things. She enabled through it. She does it every day. Why? Because God gave her a promise. Why? God gave us a promise for this city. God gave us a promise for your marriage. God gave you a promise for your kids. And what he starts is not human origin. He's going to complete it. So revive so we can reform. And I'm not screaming at anybody. It's me too. Remember, you were built to fly above. I love the Air Force old saying, aim high and you'll hit something. Sometimes they're always the target, but at least I'm shooting. So let's, as we worship today, worship Almighty God. I'm going to give you permission just as we close with this. Be selfish and get God into your hearts. Let the Holy Spirit, says, be continually filled. And let's pray as we worship. Father, I just thank you right now. Holy Spirit, come.